We're going to be in Genesis chapter 34 today. And as we observe the life of Jacob, and looking back at the previous chapter of uh, 33, Jacob had a little bit of a break, it seems like, to an extent at least, when it came to some of the trials that he'd been facing over the period of time. Jacob had gotten away from his uncle Laban, who had been basically doing him wrong for the past 20 years that he had been with him. And then after 20 years of being away from his twin brother Esau, who had threatened to kill him, he had finally met with him face to face. And, and that was a joyous meeting because Esau had threatened his life for taking the birthright and the blessing from him. So Jacob had finally made an attempt to meet his brother face to face with gifts. But beforehand, before he was meeting with his brother, Jacob was spending some time with the Lord in, in, in some prayer and whatever have you, and he was visited. It was a divine visit with the Lord who had a little bit of a wrestling match with him. And we know that nobody ever wins a wrestling match with the Lord. Now, Jacob, we wouldn't necessarily say won, but we'll say that he was blessed because that's what he had asked for. He'd, he had latched on to him and said, I'm not leaving until you bless me. And he said, he said, your name is no longer going to be Jacob, but it is now going to be called Israel. But he touched Jacob's thigh, and Jacob from there on had a limp. So there was a little bit of a price to pay for that wrestling match. There was a little bit of a price to pay for the things that had gone on over the years. But Jacob had seen victory because he had been able to experience the, re the reconciliation and the reuniting with his brother Esau as they came face to face and fell on each other and wept. And, and what, a, what, a pleasant, what a pleasant chapter it was to see that we could see that God can do all things when we rely on him. And when we seek him through, through all things, through the good times, through the bad times, he will be there. Now we're coming to Genesis chapter 34. And as it seemed that Jacob had a little bit of a, of, of a victorious um, meeting, he's kind of going back to the trial again here. As now his daughter is unfortunately going to see uh, some trials on her end and, and in a couple of his sons do some things that aren't exactly what he approved of. So we're going to take a look here at Genesis, Genesis 34 and we're going to see what exactly happened here because the Bible, again, as I will always make known, is not a, is not a storybook of strictly good news and good times. It is an account that was written in the absolute truth of matters. When when people did good, when good people did bad, it was noted and vice versa. There, there was no punches being pulled. There was no falsehood. Everything recorded was as is. But you see, the finger of God has been across all of, all of history. And, and his approval of things has been, has been documented through his word. So we're, we're going to see what happened here. Because I, I just love, even though certain things are hard to read, I just love the truth. I love reading the truth to see that, yes, man falls short, but we rely on a perfect God who pulls us through. So as, as we go on to chapter 34... 
keep in mind that people out here have have experienced this before, what we're going to read. And I pray that people will never have to experience this. But if something should ever happen, there's a reliance on our God. And I pray that we'll be able to see what to do and how to go about it versus what we're going to see that was done. So let's take a look here at chapter 34, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and laid with her and violated her. His soul was strongly attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the young woman and spoke kindly to the young woman. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor, saying, Get me this young woman as a wife. Now again, as I mentioned in chapter 33, Jacob had that sense of relief as God had done a miracle in restoring the relationship between uh, Jacob and his twin brother, but who Esau wanted to kill. Jacob, 20 years ago. The book of Genesis, again, as I mentioned, has definitely been like a journey through valleys of the highs and the lows. But what we're seeing here is the rape of Jacob's daughter, Dinah, who was the daughter that he had with Leah. And the question, I think, from many people is why? How could this happen if he was of God here? Why would this happen? How could this happen? See, and the thing is, is no, no mere man is qualified to give the perfect explanation on their own behalf. The only thing we can take from any of it would be from the scriptures. The one problem that was seen was self-appointed location in Genesis chapter 31. See, Jacob should have been in Bethel, but instead he pitched his tent in Shechem. Why Shechem, we don't really know, because the only thing we knew about the area was, was it was a nice place at the time with resources, but the lessons from the life of his grandfather Abraham should have been observed, as you know, Abraham did that twice. Abraham located himself and his wife Sarah on his own behalf, and he even knew that Sarah was in danger of being taken because of Sarah's external beauty. See, first he went to Egypt and told Sarah that she would be taken as a wife for themselves. So tell everybody there that you're my sister. Because what they're going to do is they're going to kill me to take you. And then the second time they moved to the Philistine territory. And the same thing happened. They took Sarah, but see, the same thing happened again. God intervened. There are places that God directs us to go. And at times he specifically says not to uh, go to certain places for reasons that he only knows. If there is a lesson that can be seen for women was that what was done due to her, uh, what was done to her was blasphemic. Regardless of the fact that he he spoke kindly to her and wanted her as a wife, it looked it looked to be nothing more than a prized possession in the form of lust. You know, he took something sacred from her that God had ordained in marriage, in which should be the time for her and her husband to be. The Bible was very clear in the account written that it wasn't an acceptable act because he, he seemed to show a physical love toward her. It was the ways of the land in which God, de- uh, which God detests. And unfortunately, she was the victim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
And, and I think that is the main thing right there of the question to be had is how and why this could happen because being at the wrong place at the wrong time has definitely been the reasons for a lot of things. When, when we seek God for our direction, then, then we know that our circumstances will most likely be different. But when we go somewhere on our own behalf and on our own desires, when, when we've had maybe, maybe this nudging feeling to not go there, to not be there, I should not be there, then something, something will eventually happen. And, and there's, a, there's an urge to remember to seek the Lord first before all things. And, and not to go on our own behalf and, and have this idea that, well, the Lord's going to take care of me. Well, yes, He will, but unfortunately the consequences might be met first. And this is what happened. Jacob went ahead and, and went to Shechem versus Bethel. And unfortunately somebody in his family had to pay the price. So let's go ahead and take a look here in verses 5 through 12 of what happened next. And Jacob heard that he, that he had defiled Dinah his daughter. Now his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace until they came. Then Hamor the father of Shechem went out to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it. And the men were grieved and very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by laying with Jacob's daughter. A thing which ought not to be done. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife. And make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us, and take our daughters to yourselves. So you shall dwell with us, and the land shall be before you. Dwell and trade in it, and acquire possessions for yourself in it. Then Shechem said to her father and her brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to me, I will give. The relationship, the relationships seen so far between Jacob and his children have been uh, unnoticed. Uh, but as for his daughter Dinah, it looks as if there was a lack of care, as it says that he held his peace in the matter. Uh, the dynamics of this family is quite interesting, as Jacob had two wives, Rachel who he loved and, and Leah who uh, was given to him and by deceit by their father Laman. He didn't, he didn't love Leah, and Dinah was the daughter of Leah. So we don't know how he was with his own daughter. But her brothers rightfully were enraged. Uh, I have seen the most passive and loving men change in an instant when their child was harmed in any way. There was an insult to the injury. It was, it was the payoff for the hand of Dinah after they, he violated her. There was no repentance nor apology for what was done as, as Shechem sends his father to do the negotiation for his guilty son. He said that my son longs for your daughter. And, and when we look at the, the English version, it's a strong desire for something that is distant or even unattainable is what, the, is what that means, to long for something. But the Hebrew meaning for longing means to be attached to or to cleave to. So that's what he's looking at as this was written in Hebrew. This was an outlook of a, of, a, uh, of a good for business arrangement by combining the families. 
From the beginning of the move to Canaan, there was a there was a no marry or combining relation command to Abraham and all his line, Isaac and Jacob, to have nothing to do with marital relations with Canaanites. And see, geographic locations do matter when it comes to life and and with godly relations. God specifically commanded people where to go and not go in the Bible, and for He did it for good reason. God's presence is relevant in places, countries, cities, and so on. We today can look up the world's most dangerous countries and cities. And by the, and by the life of the area, we can see why God tells people not to go to certain places. And this was the case in Jacob's situation of moving, uh, to an area that God said not, uh, that God did not say to go to. And, and I, uh, I've mentioned, is earlier about those who take the plunge and and uh, they're unprayed on this uh, type of situation very very dangerous very dangerous place to be and so again if we could look at the lessons from those of the past may we always remember what it is that we've seen uh, from those in the past verses 13 to 24 says but the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor his father and spoke deceitfully because he had defiled Dinah their sister and they said to them we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised for that would be a reproach to us but on this condition we will consent to you if you will become as we are if every male of you is circumcised then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters to us and we will dwell with you, and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. And their words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. So the young man did not delay to do the thing, because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. He was more honorable than all the household of his father. And Hamor and Shechem, his son, came to the gate of their city and spoke with the men of their city, saying, These men are at peace with us, therefore let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For indeed the land is large enough for them, let us take their daughters to us as wives, and let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us to be one people, if every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. Will not their livestock, their property, and every animal of theirs be ours? Only let us consent to them, and they will dwell with us. And all who went out of the gate of the city heeded Hamor and Shechem, his son. Every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate to his city. Well, I have to say that they must have really wanted to be with the daughters for, for them to be willing to be circumcised in their adult ages. You know, circumcision is normally done uh, to babies after eight days old. And, and God is good in knowing all things in our created bodies. You know, thank the Lord that it was designed that, uh, that way because it is done at a young age and it's not something that we want to remember uh, when it comes to the pain involved. But you see, Levi and Simeon were up to something which will be exposed. Something devious in regards to what happened to their sister Dinah. We see a little of the uh, of their father's deceit in their plan, as Jacob was a conniver in his youth. So we see the actions of some of his sons in the same ways here. Utilizing a command that God had given to his grandfather Abraham, as he was the first to be circumcised and his household. Uh, 
That all started with Abraham. So it was a command from God as a recognition of his covenant and separation from the ways of pagan neighboring nations with, uh, with Abraham. The brothers invited them into the command of God by circumcision and into their family by recognition of circumcision. On Shechem, he was looking at it as simply possession, success, self-desire. It, it's amazing what people will do for wealth or for obtaining a man or a woman as a spouse. Because Jacob and his family were wealthy. They, they had a beautiful daughter. It was obvious that, that there was a motive. Will not their livestock and property be ours? Is what was said by Shechem. You know, this ancient account is uh, unfortunately very active still, which is why we have seen prenuptial agreements. Because someone is willing to marry someone, but one side may have a motive. The other side who creates the prenup is concerned about their possessions and wealth. See, God created an attraction between a couple for, for that of love and divine placement, which was not the case in what we see here. So what we're going to see coming up here is what Levi and Simeon did in their plan. And unfortunately, again, many stories that we could be uh, that we could hear have happened in real life here, uh, outside of this story here, not real life, but as of a more uh, more modern times, if you will. It's it's been nothing new under the sun. In verse 25 through 31, it says, Now it came to pass on the third day, when they were in pain, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males. And they killed Hamor and Shechem, his sons, with the edge of the sword, and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, their oxen, and their donkeys, what was in the city and what was in the field, and all their wealth. All their little ones and their wives they took captive and they plundered even all that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me. I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? Well, that's the end of, the end of chapter 34. It's amazing how movies and plays that we watch with stories of such things have gone on from thousands of years ago. You know, these stories of betrayal, murder... Sinister plans. Uh, the list goes on. See, we see the common story that we've seen in movies. A sister is taken advantage of, and the brothers seek retribution, and now the rest of the family is in danger. Which is Jacob's concern? Many who have read this story uh, would say, good for Levi and Simeon, I would have done the same thing if it were me. And then there's others that would have maybe taken a more passive route. Uh, did absolutely nothing. Yeah, one side would definitely critique the other, that's for sure, which is what was done. Well, I can say that neither, neither way was really right. 
which was the, the brother's and Jacob's way of dealing with it. Jacob seeked God before, and God intervened whenever he asked for something. And this would have been a good time to do so. You see, Simeon and Levi come into judgment later on. As though we read about what was done and how it is handled, it was not condoned in the Bible. See, God is just. He's just as he is graceful. He exposes the acts of all men and women in the Bible. See, in the graceful side, it's the descendants. Uh, the tribe of Levi that will be a holy priesthood in the years to come, from where, we, where we're reading right now. But Levi himself and Simeon will not walk away unscarred, though. I've preached plenty of times that nothing is hidden from the sight of God and how he deals with those who harm his own. But you see, by allowing God to handle the situation, it spares us from dreadful consequences of sinning to retaliate against another sin. Some may ask, what would I do if it were me? Well, I, I don't know. But neither do you, if it should be in your case. I'd say more than anything, pray for protection. Pray for wisdom, strength, and guidance daily. If anything we know that this wasn't done, which is why he went to Shechem instead of Bethel. You know, but God will instruct him in the next chapter. But as for us, do we want to hear from the Lord? Would you like for him to hear from you whenever you call on him? And there's a way that that, for that to happen, which is by receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now you might think to yourself, well, wait a minute. Wasn't that Jacob? Was he not blessed? Was he not being watched over by God himself? Of course he was. But as I mentioned before, he took it upon himself. Now, unfortunately, I can't speak for his kids in their actions. We don't know exactly where they were at with the, at the time with God. But you see, it wasn't too long ago that it was Jacob that repented. It was Jacob that came back to God in his relationship. Which is where we saw the wrestling match. Which is where we saw the reinstatement of, of Jacob's relationship with God. Now where do we stand is, is always the million dollar question. Where do we stand? Well, every child needs a good role model. And when your parents are walking with the Lord, or at least somebody in your household is walking with the Lord, there is a flicker of a light within that house. But when no one is with the Lord, then, then there is complete and utter darkness there. So again, maybe the question is, is what does this have to do with me? Everything. If you are alive, if you are living, then this pertains to you. Just as much as it pertains to me. Because we have a particular time left on earth. And we have, we have time that's unknowing. We don't know how much time, but we have time. And what do we want to do with the time that's been given to us, number one? Number two, where do we want to end up when it's all said and done?
See, the Bible says that, that no one enters the kingdom unless they've received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Unless you've been born again. And so this is why the, this is why the opportunity is given every single time. Is to make sure that nobody gets left behind. When we read these stories, we see absolute truth because these are things that we see in our modern day constantly. Now, I'm not saying that by receiving the Lord that we will never face trials, we'll never face any of these things. Many people have faced numerous obstacles. But you see, whether you have them or whether you don't, obstacles will be faced. But you want an advocate on your side. You want an advocate, an advocate that's going to be there to guide you through on that straight and narrow path and to make sure that when your time is up that you'll hear those words enter in good and faithful servant so again this is the this is the mission of this is to make sure that nobody's left behind everybody gets to go home so if you want to receive the lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came and died for the sins of this earth, for your sins and my sins, if you want to receive Him into your heart, and if you want to reserve your place in eternity with Him, then you can say this prayer after me, and it must be said in truth. So if you want to receive Him now, say, repeat after me, Dear God, please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of all of my sins. I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And I ask of you, Lord, to wash me of my sins. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for receiving me. I thank you for having me, Lord. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I receive you as my Father, Lord. So, Lord, may you remember me when I come into your kingdom. May I be there with you, Lord in your presence when it's all said and done. As I thank you, Lord, I love you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Well, as always, it's such a pleasure to be doing what I'm doing for for the name of the Lord. So I pray that you will be seeking Him in all things. And I pray that you will always continue to walk closely with Him. So may God bless you and keep you as you walk next to him at all times. God bless you.